0: Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. It's so good to be back with you guys again. And it is a privilege beyond words to have my wife Sally prove to you that she does exist. Uh, Some people have questioned it and she's better than I said. Hey, and she's awesome. So I'm just thankful to God that we're in the season that we can walk together and journey together. I thank God that He placed us together. Amen. And that God places people together. God has placed you here. If this is your home church, you're here because God has placed you here. We need to believe in the placing of God, the positioning of God. Sometimes our view of God is more that He is random or responsive. But he positions and he places. He doesn't just have to clean up messes and go double time and thinking, I never saw that coming. I better fix it. Our God is a God of ordering and directing. Can I hear an amen? And it is such a privilege to be with you. We're just going to keep on flowing. We've had the privilege. This is our third this morning. we have here in the first one being in the north. You guys have got another campus. Did you know that? Come on. Come on. Don't sit there looking. Come on. God is doing good things. Can I say it? God is doing good things. Jay, God is doing good things. God is doing good things. God is. God is. Everyone say God is. God is, I just want to come on, come on, come on. Can I just go for it? God is, God is, God is doing good things. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do what He's already doing, and we're not recognizing what He's doing because we're waiting for it to come looking a different way. And God wants to declare, I am doing, I am doing, I am doing, I am doing, I am doing. We're in some situations, God's doing nothing. It's impossible for God to do nothing. Thing. God is doing something but we need to say God I need to see what you're doing I need to hear what you're doing I feel the word of the Lord just to me right now is some of us are waiting for God to get on our page and God says I want you to get on my page when is God gonna do this God says I'm doing some stuff how about you say well, what what am I doing some of us have made God almost like, what is the word, Father, that you're saying to me right now? It's, it's like God is at our backing call to fulfill our plans and purposes. And God goes, no, do you not know that I have plans and I have purposes. Come on. I have plans. I have purposes. I began a good work in you. I'll bring it to completion. I have prepared good works in advance for you to do. Every day ordained for you was written in my book before one of them came to be. I want to declare that before we were, God was. He was in the beginning. We weren't in the beginning. And He is a God that does not want you to discover your plans and your purpose for your life. He wants to reveal His plan and His purpose for your life because He created you for Him and for His plans and His purposes in Christianity is not a selfish endeavour where we go, God, I need, I need, I need. Come on, if we need something, we need God. We need God's plans. We need God's purposes. We need God's revelation. God, help me to move past a self-centred Christianity. I need you, God, your plans, your purposes. God is doing some good things. Some good things. You've asked for some things, and God says, keep asking. Don't give up. Okay? Keep asking. Keep going. You're on the right track. Sometimes you question their mind. You're on the right track. Keep on asking. Keep on staying in faith. The smile of God is on you. Father, I release it right now in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit. I just feel him say he's sealing something in your heart today. Thank you, Father. Aren't you glad that God sees people, knows people, but He sees you and knows you? He sees you; He knows you. Let me just, let me just read a a, a verse that just, just grip my heart. Can I declare over your life that you're on God's heart? Anyone receive that? Anyone receive that? God, you're on God's heart. Let, let me read a cool verse in in Psalm chapter. 138 verse 6. Psalm 138 verse 6 says, Though the Lord is exalted. How many people know that we need to get a deeper revelation of that? Though the Lord is, though the Lord is, shouted at me, though the Lord is. Come on, and God, Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father in heaven. Come on. It's not just He's down here and He's just a little bit. He's just one of us and He's, uh, no, no, our God who is exalted. Our God who is exalted in our thinking, in our speech, in our conversation, in our view. Come on. Though the Lord is exalted, He looks kindly on the lowly. Come on. Is that good or is that good? Come on, you look kindly on us. There's some people in positions of authority in the world and in organizations. They're exalted in their position, but they don't even acknowledge or speak a, a single kind word to the ones lower in the organization. Isn't that the world's way sometimes? It's like, I've got a head. I look after myself. And we've got God Almighty who is exalted. He looks kindly on the lowly. And though lofty, He sees them from afar. That's right, Sharon. Nice, isn't it? He's exalted. He's lofty. He's high, but man, he's close. Didn't Jesus even say closer than a brother? Come on. I love what Psalm one thirty nine says. Where can I go from God's presence? Where God's not there? If I go to the far side of the sea, if I make my home in the heavens or in the depths, wherever I am, there God is. I love that about God. He's exalted. He's big, but he's personal. He's real. And you're on God's heart. You're on God's heart. You're on God's heart. You're in the crowd, but you're on God's heart. And your brothers and sisters are on God's heart too. The person next to you, the person behind you, in front of you is on God's heart as much as you're on God's heart. Is that good news? We need a deep revelation that we're on God's heart, but we need a deep revelation that everyone else in this room is on God's heart. He knows the end from the beginning. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is our God. And when we step... Okay, thank you, Father. When we step into a new season, it is not a new season for God. It's a new season for us. Hmm. Okay, I... I mean, just, I'm just receiving right now. It's not new for God. There's nothing new under the sun for God. He created it. Before the foundations of the world, Ray, before the foundations of the world, he knew us. Hang on, but I was only conceived 45 years ago. Uh, I'm only 20. I'm only 30. I'm only 40. He goes, yeah, but before the beginning of the world and now and in your future, I'm there now. I'm there now. I'm there now. It's a new season for you, but I ordain the season. I ordain the season. Can I ask you a question? Do you trust the God who ordained the season? Not do you trust all the circumstances? Do you trust all the people? Sometimes our derailment comes because we're placing more confidence in people and circumstances and seasons than in the God of the seasons. We've got to get our focus and our, our filter in the right place. And I want to encourage you that we're in a good season. Activate, church. I'm just going to believe this. If you want to believe it, you join in with me. If you don't, join in with me anyway by faith. We're in a good season, church. We're in a good season. And it is not caught by God by surprise because God has offered this season. Now, this is about, I think, my sixth year. Maybe coming here every year. So... I'm part of you. We're all coming back in August. Come back in February again. Come on. We're family. you stuck with me. <laughs> and I've always come to this one campus. And in the process of me being here and, and in, that, in that time frame, you've changed your name. He started to activate. God spoke prophetically into that, and you guys were doing it on the weekend after, and that was a, just a wonderful thing. But uh, before I came this time, I was just saying, Father, what do you want to say? And he'd already given me a statement, which I'll download to you in a moment and lean into that just for a little bit here today. But I said, I want to, have you got something for your pastors, Sharon and Jan? And I just put their name down on my iPad and I listened. And God spoke to me. So let me tell you what God said. Are you, are, you, are you ready for just, can we just go with this? This is what I asked God and I wrote down. This is word for word what God said to me. And by the way, at this time, uh, I'm coming here to activate. I'm coming here. Literally only a couple of weeks ago, I got informed. Actually, there's another campus you do that in between. That's all I knew. I wasn't thinking about that. But this is what God said to me. I got the word transition. And I see it to do with a change in seasons. Connected to this, I got the phrase, going full circle. I'll read it again. I got the word transition. And I see it to do with a change in seasons. And connected to this, I get the phrase, going full circle. And I said, God, God, what do you want to say on that? And he said, going full circle means going back to something previous. And also means completion when something is full circle. It's going back and is completion. And then God said, don't be surprised by winds of change. Father is authoring this. And then when we got off the plane on Friday and we had a meal with Sharon and Jan, we just started to talk and and as I said, uh, I screenshot what God says to me before I come. So if we have conversations and, and it comes out that Father's bringing confirmation, I'm not saying, oh, God spoke to me about that beforehand. I can show them as time stamped um, before I came. So I did that with that word, word for word, which I just read for you. And then they started to share this, this North Campus that we're going to, that we've actually, the the senior minister has just transitioned out. This is a change of seasons, and they were planted from this church this church, 30 years ago. So this is God going full circle, completing it, and God says, I am authoring this. This is not just a good idea. Come on, church. Because I know some people think, what does this look like? We've just come just now from the North Campus. I downloaded this to you. Wasn't there a sense of, yes, 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 this is God? Because it's in the natural, you can know, go, how does this look? Come on, we were generations and now we're going is to, this, is this man's idea? Is this, how is this going to look? But it's wonderful when God comes and says, hey, this did not catch me by surprise because I authored it. This is on my plans and purposes. And we're going full circle and we're going to complete what God has been starting. Amen. And so upon that foundation, I just really want to bring the word that God gave me so clearly, and I just want to read this through. Praise God. Okay, let me, let me give you the phrase, and then we're going to lean into it. He said, multicultural with a uni culture. You can come down and relax. God bless you. Multicultural with a uni culture. Multi, what is multi? Many, what is uni? One. Many cultures with one culture. Many cultures with one culture. And I want to start to lean into this, and I want to declare over us today that we need to see correctly so we can step into what God offers. We need to see correctly so we can step into what God has authored. And I I want to start to lean into this, and and let me download some phrases, and then I want to speak some scripture. Multicultural with a uniculture. I see great diversity of people groups. How many are thankful that God's a diverse God? Aren't you you glad that God doesn't just like the people that you like? He's a diverse. Aren't you glad that God doesn't just like the animals that you like? Aren't you glad that God doesn't just like the colors that you like? Thank you, God, that your favorite color is blue. We receive it in Jesus' name. I've lost some of you. I've gained some of you. God bless you. God loves diversity. He just likes blue more than green. That's all. (laughs) Come back, come back, come back, come back. Get over it. God, help me. Multicultural with the uniculture, I see great diversity of people groups. Great diversity of people groups. We've got to guard against in the body of Christ. We're happy we like this. We're good. So we're happy we like this, but God, there's more. There's more people that need to encounter the love of Jesus Christ. There's more people that need to experience God's love. Can I hear an amen to that? We've got to really lean into this. And I I see more intentionality in reaching unreached people groups. More intentionality in reaching unreached people groups. Sometimes we have a mindset, God, if you want to reach them, you can reach them. But I think God's looking for some people to pray, God, uh, you can reach them. You love them for God so loved the world. There is none that God wants to perish. God, would you help me to be an expression of your heart to people? I believe there is a greater intentionality that Father's inviting us into. And he said this, I see a greater focus on loving and serving the marginalized. A greater focus on loving, everyone say loving. Everyone say serving. On loving and serving the marginalized. And the word marginalized means to treat as insignificant or peripheral. To treat as insignificant, peripheral, on the side, out of sight, out of mind. And don't we live in a time where so many people feel like, does anyone see me? Does anybody care? You can be in a crowded room and go, does anyone even notice me? Would people notice if I was gone? This world is in a broken place where there is a hopelessness for many. And God is saying, I want us to be people that love and serve those type of people that everyone else is passing by. I'm reminded about Acts chapter 3 when um, there's a lame man at the gate beautiful outside the temple. Anyone know the scripture? And that gate beautiful, I think I might have even shared this here before, but the gate beautiful, the word beautiful in the Greek means an opportune time. There's people going into the temple, and there's an opportune time for God to do something. There's a lame man sitting right there at that opportune time, but everyone's going. I'm just going to the temple. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to give to God. And we're walking past the marginalized, the one that is insignificant, the one that's on the outset. And Peter and John start to come, and they say, we're not just going to go in and do our religious thing. There is someone here that is on the heart of God right now, and we have something that you need. They loved and served him. They gave him resurrection power by the Holy Ghost and he got up. Aren't you glad of that? And God is calling us to be a people that have a greater focus on loving and serving the marginalized. And I felt God say, because they are not on your radar doesn't mean they're not on God's radar. Because they're not on your radar doesn't mean they're not on God's radar. Do you know that God revealed himself to you when you weren't on someone else's radar, but you're on his radar. Come on. Thank you, Father. So what are we saying here? I just really believe that the Holy Spirit is saying there's, there's diversity of groups, there's more intentionality, there's a greater focus on reaching those people that others are passing by. But we don't have to strive, and how do we make this happen? There's a simple prayer that Father spoke to me, and I love it. He said, it's just this, Father, please peace." place the people on my radar that you want on my radar. Father, please place the people on my radar that you want on my radar. As you go out into your week, what would it be like if we woke up in the morning and said, God, I'm going to meet and talk to lots of people. And every person is important, but I can't meet everyone's needs. Some of you need to be released by that word right now. You can't meet everyone's needs. If you're anything like me, and I see things and I just, I want to fix it all. I want to meet it all. I want to lift every pain, every burden. Anyone else? I mean, just your heart goes out, but we can't. And we need to lift that weight off, but we can. And that doesn't mean we don't do anything, but nor does it mean you have to do everything. Come on, church. Even Jesus withdrew from the multitude to spend time with his Father. We need to understand this. So what do we do with that? Do we do nothing? Do we do everything? No, we say we walk with the posture of Father. If there's someone that's on your radar that you want on my radar, right now, will you place them on my radar? I know they're on your radar, but maybe there's not everyone that you meet in a day that Father wants you to do something with, but there are, I guarantee there are some. And that doesn't mean you have to preach the gospel and you don't have to baptize them in the Holy Spirit and cast out demons and call down fire. It it doesn't mean any of that stuff. It it means that God right now, place them on my radar. And then once you do, Father, what do you want me to do? It might be saying an encouraging word. It might be telling that God loves you. It might be doing active service. It might be doing something for them. We need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. But I believe Father is saying he wants a greater intentionality. Multicultural with a uni culture. And I felt God say, I see all of this being done under one culture. And that is kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. Everyone say kingdom. Everyone say kingdom culture. The word kingdom is the Greek word basilia, which means the authority to rule over in a realm. The authority to rule over in a realm. And we live in a world where people don't want to be told what to do. Correct? Where we live in a world that kicks against authority. But this is what God said to me. In the beginning, God created us and, 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 and he said, now go forth, take dominion, rule over. But it wasn't over people and domination. It was, it was actually exercise on earth, the same authority that I carry in heaven. And that authority is not from a place of control that leads to abuse, but it's from a foundation of love that leads to freedom. The God that we said we must not throw out the truth because of an error or an abuse or a misuse of. And in the body of Christ, we have been really good, actually really bad. but in a, in a, we, we've, we've done this. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Throwing out what God needs us to hear because of an extreme. And what happens is we make the focus on the extreme, on the abuse, which is man rather than on God and the truth. We need to do some reclaiming in the body of Christ. We need to do some reclaiming in the body of Christ. We need to come back to some things that are birthed by the Spirit of God and that are godly. And though they have been used and misused, we don't throw it out. But we say, God, I need to see this how you see it. And our God, Jesus, came preaching the kingdom of God. That is the authority, the rule of God, but it's not in domination over people. It is in a a rising up against the enemy's power. It's serving people, but it's exercising authority over the principalities and powers. Because we do not fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. We serve people, but we exercise dominion over what the enemy is doing. We don't throw it out. We reclaim it in its right form. And the kingdom of God is, even Jesus said in the prayer in Matthew 6, pray this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth, not as we want it, not as they do it, not as the people that abuse it, but as it is done in heaven. It is done in a way that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. The authority of God leads us into freedom, not into control, not into abuse. And the reason why that is is because it's founded in love. It's founded in love. God is love. 1 John 4, 8 and 16. God is love. This is who I am. Everything I do flows from who I am. And my authority flows from who I am. And it will bring you into a greater freedom. Are you with me, Church? And God says this multicultural with a uniculture. The culture is kingdom. And it is signified. By love, and then he said these two statements, and I'm going to open up the word. He said, "Kingdom culture is evidenced by a deep love for one another for one another." i felt God say these two statements, and they're pretty challenging to me, but sometimes we love the unsaved well and our brothers and sisters in Christ poorly. Can we get real in church? Is that all right, people? Sometimes we barely tolerate our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I want to go to the Word of God, and I'll read in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. John 13, 34... And 35, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he went to the cross. And he says this in verse 34, John 13, a new command I give you. How many people know if Jesus speaking and saying this, we should pay attention? Anyone else? A new command I give you, love one another. And I just want to stop there. Because <laughs> when I started reading that, I'm thinking that's not a new command, is it? It's from the very beginning. It was love God and love people. The Ten Commandments in Exodus 20 is the first four to do with loving God. The next six is to do with loving people. It's not a new command. And I felt Jesus, when I was reading this, I felt Him stop me there and have that little conversation with me. And then I felt Him say, then, hang on, don't interrupt me. Read my full statement. Because that part's not the new part, but the next part is. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. That's how you must love one another. Because we get, I, okay, I don't commit adultery, got it, I got it, okay, don't, don't steal, okay, I got it, I got it. Don't lie, I got it, I'm doing those things. He goes, no, 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 I'm giving you a new command, do it how I loved you. He said... In the upper room, gathering around the communion table, washing the feet of Judas Iscariot, who he knew was about to go and betray him to death. And he says, I want you to love each other in the same way I'm loving you right now. God help me. God help me, because I've been hurt by brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Anybody? But God, help me because I've hurt brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And sometimes we want to receive what we don't want to give. And he says, in the same way that I've loved you, how did he love us? While we were sinners, that's when Christ died for us. While people hate you, he spoke about it in the book of Matthew. He says, if you've got enemies, okay, I want you to pray for them. Don't just pray the situation will change. Just pray for them. We equate praying for them mean, Father, stop them, change them. He goes, that's not what I said. I said, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for mercy and grace. Pray for God's favor and kindness. And you you must. I can't do that. No, I can't do that. That's why I need God. We need a fresh revelation. We need God in order to be able to show God's love to each other. When I muck up man, I pray, I pray that you'll forgive me because I still at times wrestle with my flesh and still at times I say things I shouldn't, I do things that I shouldn't on this journey towards God, Jay. I, I don't get it always right. And if at times I say something I, uh, and the Holy Spirit convicts and I say, I'm sorry about that, I pray you'll forgive me. But I also want to extend it to you and you to the person on either side and in the front and the back. And this is what the scripture says. A new command, I give you love one another as I have loved you. In that way, you must love one another. By this, what? Your love for each other, that's the same as my love for you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love each other as I have loved you. Man, when I read this and I've known this scripture for 30, 40 years, but I can tell you right now, Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of me and he's doing it right now. He's saying to me, this is, by this will everyone know. By this the world will know that you're actually a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. If I had written that, I would have said, man, by the signs and the wonders and the miracles, come on, by the the breakthroughs and, man, the prosperity and and the change in people's lives, man, by that people will know. By the Red Sea parting, come on. By the writing on the wall, this is how people will know. By the blind eyes open, he goes, no, because there's many people that can walk in the gifts of God That do it not operating from the foundation of the love of God. And you can see miracles, but see someone that is not operating by love, you will say, That won't happen. It happens all the time. Come on, church. Come on, church. That's why Paul says so clearly in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And he comes to chapter 13, all about love, love, love. And he talks about, and he talks even in the Gospels, You can do all these things in my name, but if you don't have love and you don't love me and love people, It's pointless. He goes, you can give your life, even sacrifice yourself, lay down your life, but it's not from love. It's nothing. But hang on, I wouldn't do that. We can do it for us. We can do it for the the applause of man. We can do it because we like the wow moments. And Jesus said that that's not what's going to prove to people that you're my disciples because you can make that about you and about the moment. Come on. He says, but let me tell you how they'll know. When you love each other as I have loved you. When you love each other as I have loved you. How is that? How is that? Why was sinners Christ died, God loved the world. He gave his best, his one and only son. That while he's washing the feet of someone who would betray him. God help me here. I pray the Holy Spirit is doing a holy moment in us right now. Because let me tell you how Jesus loved Judas in that moment. Not exposing him. Because it said, one of you will betray me. And they all started saying, who is it, Lord? Just think about that. That means they had no idea it was Judas. Come on. Jesus wasn't treating him in any way different. This is impossible, isn't it? Anyone want to be honest with me right now? Come on. But Steve, you don't know what they did. No. But I know what I did. And I encourage you to consider what you've done at times. Come on. That's why Jesus even said He, he was without sin. Come on, you throw the first stone. We've all sinned and fallen short. But they've done it bigger than me. Why are we putting degrees on what God calls sin? Sin means missed the mark, and the mark is perfection. We've all sinned and fallen short. And I don't want to give you my opinion right now, but I am going to unashamedly and boldly declare the truth of the the word of God. And it says, a new command I give you. Love each other, not how you feel, not how the world does. I'll love you until you muck up too many times and then I'm out. No, 70 times 7, God, that's me. That's how I treat you, he says. God still forgives me. Wendy, God still forgives me for stuff that I struggle to forgive myself on because I'm thinking, hang on, I should know by now. Anyone else? Come on. Come on. I'm 45. I should, come on. And God says, my mercy is new every morning. Love each other as I love you. Mercy new every morning. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 13, talking about God keeps no records of wrong. Man, we are, we're good at keeping records of wrong. We don't want anyone to keep records of our wrong. But we got a list on other people. God says, no, love keeps no records of wrong. My mercy is new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. Your mercy is new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. And even when he says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful, he is just, he will forgive you, he will cleanse you from all sin and all unrighteousness. Come on, we all want to receive that, but we need to understand the focus of it. It's not on your sin, it says, if you just acknowledge, I've done that wrong, then the shift, the focus shifts completely off you to, he is faithful, he is just, he will forgive you, he will cleanse you. We need to get our focus back on God. And not on the hurt done to us or the hurt we've done to others. We need to confess it. We need to receive grace. We need to give grace. We need to receive forgiveness, give forgiveness, and get our eyes back on God, church. Freely you have received, freely give. By this will people know. These marginalized people, these unreached people, man, God's heart breaks. But we don't want to bring them into a place where we've got problems with each other. God, help us to love as you loved. The book of 1 Peter is an incredible book. And there's a whole bunch of chapters in there that talk about things that is an instruction from God of things that we should do, things that we shouldn't do, things that we should put off, things that we should put In other words, how to live a godly life is 1 Peter. And then he says, after he's made all these statements of things that we should and should not do, please, I need you to get this. I need us to get this today. 1 Peter 4 and verse 8 says, Now above all, what's he saying here? He's saying uh, above everything I've just said. I need you to put off the flesh, put on the spirit. I need you to put on kindness. I need you to put on, I need you to put off the, I I need you to do all these things. Now above all of that, what is most important? Come on, we read this continually through the Bible. We read it again in 1 Corinthians 12. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest is love. Above all, above all, because God has loved the fruit of the Spirit. What do we start with? Love. Above all. Love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. I want to thank God right now that his love is covered over a multitude of my sins. I want to thank God that my wife, my father, my mother, their love is covered over a multitude of my sins. It doesn't excuse what I did, but they've extended to me the grace that they've received from God because they know that they need it at times. And this is how the family works. This is how the family of God works. And above all, Love each other deeply, deeply, deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Book of Colossians chapter 3. As you're turning there, feel the Spirit of God saying to me right now that some of you in your minds right now are rationalizing, rationalizing things. And I just want to speak to you just for a moment. And here's the word of the Lord that to you who are rationalizing, I can't love my brothers and sisters, dot, dot, dot. Here's the word of the Lord. Don't miss out on the freedom that Christ has bought for you. But hang on, Steve, you don't know what they know. Let me talk to you. Don't miss out on the freedom that Christ has for you. But if I forgive, if I do, if I do what you're saying, then they're going to get away with it. No, let me talk to you. Don't miss out on the freedom that God has for you. Loving like Jesus loved does not excuse what someone else does. It keeps you and I free. Because Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ set us free. But you need to stand firm so that you will not become entangled again by a yoke of slavery. God loves you. You're on God's heart. He's exalted. He looks down on us kindly. And the reason he says, forgive as I have forgiven you. It's actually got nothing to do with the other people. It truly is. So that we can walk in the free freedom of receiving God's love. God loves you guys. And as I said before, he loves the person that you don't. And I'm, gl- I'm grateful for that. And so if I no longer live and he lives in me, and we can pray, God, let your will be done in my life, as it's done in heaven, maybe sometimes I need to say, God, would you move my heart with your compassion for this person that is annoying the absolute out of me? Yeah? You might say, I don't even know if I can do that. As I said to the men yesterday morning, here's a real honest prayer. God, give me the desire to even want to desire. Did you hear me? God, I want to do your will. I don't want to love them. I don't want to forgive them. I don't want to be kind to them. So right now, I actually want to do your will. So you're going to need to help me to even want to do that right now. Do you think God responds to a humility that says, right now, I don't. We need to just get a little bit more on the table, real. Sometimes we, can, we look at us it's fine for them because it hasn't happened to them. Something has happened to all of us. It might be different degrees and levels to us, and I don't minimize you, what you've gone through, and you don't minimize what I, that's not what this is about. This is about I can't do it by myself because what they did is so big in my eyes. God, I need you to become bigger, and I just need you to help me. I want to be free. Come on, I want to be free. He goes. Then, above all, love each other deeply. And he says this, and I'm going to finish with this. And then, hand back. And I encourage you to come out tonight at six o'clock. Um, I don't have a message as such. Uh, so no, we're just going to pray for some people and just let the spirit move and maybe prophesy and just enjoy God and see what happens. How does that sound? Colossians three twelve. Stay with me, even as the musicians come. Can we just focus in on the scripture? Colossians three twelve 12 to 17 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people. Anyone here? Come on, stay with me here. God's chosen people. Is that you? Holy and dearly loved. Please, you got to hear this. When God gives an instruction, we often starting point is we're bad, we're terrible, God's upset with us, we better do what he said so he likes us. We need to get the foundation right so that the filter is right so that we can step into the fulfillment of what God says. Did you hear what I said? And he said, let me tell you, let me get your attention. As God's chosen people, you're holy and dearly loved. Have you got it, church? Please look at me. You are chosen. You are holy. You are dearly loved. Now from that Platform, Not from the platform of you need to get to a certain place by doing certain things, but your foundation is I am in Christ, I am a new creation, I am loved, I am valued, I am accepted. Great. Now, clothe yourself with compassion. Not to be good, you're already loved and valued. Come on, church. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God's language is important. It's not just, God, if you want to do it, you, come on, God, you just do it. It's, man, I need you, God. B goes, great, I'm here. Let's do this together. Now you put it on. You put it on. You put it on. You clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Do you see it again? Love as I have loved you. Forgive as I have loved you. If you and I struggle with this at times, and we all do, I wonder if the most important thing is to get our eyes back on what God's done for us. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, come on, put on love. And I encourage you to read the rest of the scripture. I'm not going to read that now. But I want to ask two questions. And here's the first. What can you do today to love a brother or sister in Christ? What can you do today to love a brother or sister in Christ? Maybe some of you need to forgive someone. Maybe some of you need just to uh, say a kind word to someone. Please don't wait until a situation's changed or a person's changed. As I've said many times, I'm drawn to an Acts where Stephen was being stoned to death. And while he's being stoned to death, his prayer was not, God, just stop them stoning me. He's looking at Saul and the people stoning him. And he says, God, don't hold this against him. What's that? God, show them your mercy. Don't look at what they're doing. Look at them right now, God. Would you show them your mercy and your grace? Is that, is that incredible or what? It wasn't just stop the situation. No, right now, they, talk about enemies. He literally got stoned to death. And in that, he's going, God, show them your mercy. Show them. Your, don't hold this against them. And then... God revealed himself to that Saul on the road to Damascus because a man prayed for him rather than just for himself. He loved as Jesus loved. That's what he did. Jesus laid down his life while we're sinners. These guys are stoning me. I'm going to love them even as they're killing me. And the Holy Spirit revealed himself to Saul he became the great apostle, Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. And we go, yay, God, yay, God, yay, God. But if someone that says, man, right now I'm in the, the world of pain, but I need you right now, would you just, God, would you bless them? Pray for your enemies, do good to them. By this will people know that we're the disciples of Jesus by our love. So what can you do today? Everyone say today. To love a brother or sister in Christ. And the second thing as I close is this. Is there an unreached or marginalized people group that Father wants you to love and serve? Is there an unreached or marginalized people group that God, the Father, wants you to love and serve? I pray that prayer this week. Father, who do you want to place on my radar That it's on your radar for me right now to do something? Father, right now in this place, we say thank you for who you are and what you've done for us. Freely we have received. And God, freely we want to give. Father, thank you for your word. Multicultural, there's many. But we've got one culture, and that's the culture of the kingdom, which is the culture of love. And we're going to do our part. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.